When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though the Lord opened a door for me, I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find my brother Titus. Instead, I said goodbye to them and left for Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession, and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To some, we are an aroma of death leading to death, but to others, an aroma of life leading to life. Who is adequate for these things? For we do not market the word of God for profit like so many. On the contrary, we speak with sincerity in Christ, as from God and before God. So guys, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Preston. I'm our Lenton Hall campus pastor. And I want y'all to know that I love being here. I enjoy being here with you. So thanks for having me. We're going to do something a little different to start off, as you could tell. We're going to do a blindfolded smell test. A blindfolded smell test. So I need some help. I think John and Tom are going to come on out. Let's give them a round of applause. All right. Awesome. All right. So y'all can go ahead and grab a seat, put on your uh, blindfold. I'm going to get the goods. All right. So we've got three different types of lotions and each of you will smell the same lotion. So before you yell it out, I'll let you smell. Just tell me, okay, I think I got it. I'll let the other one smell. And uh, once we do that, I'll give a countdown. Three, two, one. And I want y'all to just yell it out. Okay, so whatever, whatever you think it is. So we'll go with John first. All right, here we go. Audience. All right, you got to cheer him on. Yeah, give, give him here some we go. Give him yeah. a, little, a little more love, yeah. yeah. Now, let's go ahead and let's show the audience what this is. All right, here you we use go. Use this on your hands he, he, or, or what? We, well, it's, so it's, it's Shea Sugar Scrub, just in case you're looking for some. I can hook you up. <laughs> you can have this. You want to take dude, this home afterwards? Dude, yes. All right, here it's we go. Cold so, outside. You ready? Get that nose in there. Tell me when you're ready. All right, I got you. Okay. Tom, here we go. No pressure. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. I got in there a little too deep. Yeah. All right. You got it? Okay, here we go. Y'all are going to yell it out. Three, two, one. Is it pineapple? Pineapple. Pineapple! Wow, that you, was. Wow. You guys were not as excited about baby. the pineapple as I thought you should be. Yeah. Okay. Is okay. it on your mustache you now, Tom? We're one for one. <laughs> okay. Y'all are doing better than last service. Last service, our other Tom did this, so. This, you're doing better, Tom. This, His name's Tony Romance. That's Tony who Romance, did it last. Sorry, Tony service. Romance in the flesh. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Who's smelling? The you are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you just put your nose in it, too? No, no, no. Tell me when you're ready. Dude, where'd it go? Just kind of waft oh, it. Dude, waft oh, now it, it is on your on. nose. There I you see go. that. There All right, you go. Got you. Got you. All right, ready? All right. Oh. I got no idea. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. All right. Yell it out this time. Three, two, one. Uh, pina colada. 
Yeah. That, that's yeah. This is actually cocoa colada. That was really specific. Cocoa colada. That's I'm <laughs> accepting from that. Pineapple to pina colada. Yeah. I'm oh really I'm gosh. proud of you. The odds are stacked against me. All right, last one. John, you'll go first. Tell me when you got it. I got you, bro. Okay. Tom, get deep in there. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Tom, Tom was done after that. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think that was? A barracks room. A what? <laughs> locker room, barracks locker room. Locker room? Something know, from a like, locker room? Dude, that, yeah. John, what'd you think it was? It smelled like you got me tripping. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually some mystery meat. We got some clam juice, some squid, oh. some sardines, some herring, just like you kids like it. Let's give one more hand. Thank you guys for doing that. It smells so bad. Gosh, it's on my hands. Like, I smell bad. Ah. Do not spill that on okay. the stage. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for doing that. New Life, you might be wondering what is happening. Why did we just do that? Well, it's an object lesson. You just witnessed firsthand the power of smell, <laughs> right? Isn't it true that smells, they can attract people? Like I think of the cartoons, that image where the, the smells gets up in the, the cartoon character's nose and just drags it away towards something. Or a smell can repel people, right? So that's why one of the best compliments that you've probably ever received is somebody walked up to you and said, oh, man, you smell good. What are you wearing? Right? I know when I was in high school, Abercrombie and Fitch Fierce was the thing, like the pheromones in there, all the women, they were just coming out of the woodworks. And uh, yeah, so you've got really good smells like that. Maybe some of you think of your grandma's chocolate chip cookies. Oh man, I see the heads nodding. You just, the memories are flooding back of that smell. Some of you, like Tom mentioned, maybe, maybe you were a guy and you played junior high sports and you got in the locker room and you know the smell of perspiration and Axe body spray. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's terrible. As some of you, you probably have some really soothing aromas that, you know, you, you put in your home and they calm you, right? They relieve some anxiety. So we all, we all get this, right? We get firsthand the power of smell. And so today we're going to open up the Word of God and we're going to discover a certain type of smell that we need to know about and how it relates to our life. So if you've got a Bible, open up to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. Thanks for being here today. The, the words will be up on the screen so you can read along. Before we zoom in on this one passage that we're going to look at today, I want us to, to step back and to zoom out and to see the big picture context of this letter. So 2 Corinthians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, Greece, and he wrote it about A.D. 55, and this letter is unlike any of Paul's other letters. What makes it unique is that it's very personal. It's extremely personal, raw. He opens his heart up to this church. The reason he did this is Paul, he actually planted this church, the church in Corinth. He stayed there for 18 months. He loved them, served them, discipled them. And then he continued planting new churches, making more disciples. And during the course of his travels, he got word that there were some new leaders that had infiltrated the church in Corinth. He sarcastically refers to them as the super apostles. So Paul's an apostle. These are super apostles. And these guys are actually pulling Christians in the church away from Jesus. Pulling Christians away from the gospel. Pulling Christians away from the Holy Spirit. And Paul 
he's actually, they're saying terrible things about him. He's having to defend himself and his ministry and his character. They're saying, oh, Paul, he doesn't care about you guys. He told you he was going to come visit you, and then he didn't come. He's selfish. He's asking you to take up a collection for poor Christians in Jerusalem, but he's coming multiple times just so he can get more money from you. In fact, he writes these letters to you, and they're so powerful, and he'll, he'll rebuke you and say that you need to change and repent. But when he shows up in person, he can't even speak. He's a bad preacher. They're saying all these things about Paul, making these accusations. And they're pulling people away from Jesus. So Paul had to defend his character, his love for the church, his authority. And ultimately, he's, he's not just doing it for himself. He's got to defend himself as the messenger so that they will believe the message of Jesus. A lot is at stake. That's what we're about to read. So we're going to pick up the story and the letter in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. This is the word of God. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though the Lord opened a door for me, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find my brother Titus. Instead, I said goodbye to them and left for Macedonia. Paul was a preacher of the gospel. He was a missionary. He was on these missionary journeys to preach the gospel. He went to Troas to preach the gospel. God himself opened up a door for Paul to preach the gospel, and yet Paul had to hit pause and not preach the gospel. Why would he do that? A guy who's so convicted that people need to hear about Jesus. Why would he leave Troas in this open door and go to Macedonia? Well, because he had no rest in his spirit. He had this inner turmoil going on within him. You might be wondering, what possibly could stir up something like that in a guy like Paul? Titus wasn't in Troas. Okay, so what? There's a lot of my friends, a lot of people you know, I do ministry with. They're not all the places I'm at. So why did that cause Paul to have such a reaction? Paul had written a letter. It's a letter that he calls the sorrowful letter, a letter of tears. It was a scathing rebuke to the church in Corinth. So Paul penned the letter. He gave it to Titus and Titus delivered the letter. And they planned ahead of time, hey, take the letter to Corinth and then let's meet up in Troas. Well, when Paul got to Troas, Titus wasn't there. So now Paul is left wondering, like, okay, wait, is, is Titus okay? And maybe he just got delayed? Did he, did he take the letter to the church and they received it and they've repented and he's just a little late getting here? Or did Titus take the letter to the church and they ain't hearing it and they rejected him, they've rejected me, and maybe even they've hurt Titus. Is something wrong with Titus and is something wrong with the church? So Paul's eaten up. He's restless. So he leaves this open door, this opportunity to preach the gospel, and he leaves and travels to Macedonia. So you might be thinking, like, you hear this, like, wow, he wanted to preach the gospel. He can't. Obviously, a guy like Paul had to be extremely discouraged. He had to feel defeated. Or did he? Verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession, and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ 
among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To some, we're an aroma of death leading to death, but to others, an aroma of life leading to life. Who is adequate for these things? So Paul, in this moment where his plans get off schedule, where he can't preach the gospel, Paul, he's actually not defeated, even though his circumstances would dictate, would let us think, yeah, he's defeated. No, Paul's actually thanking God. Paul's praising God. Why? Because Jesus Christ is leading a triumphal procession, and Paul's a part of it. And through Paul, God is spreading the aroma of Christ to people. So here's what's going on. Here's the the image. Paul took a common, everyday image that people in the Roman Empire would understand, a Roman triumph, and he used it to communicate a higher truth about the reality in Jesus. So if you would, close your eyes with me. I just want you to picture this. Imagine what Paul's saying here. So in your mind's eye, just see yourself on a street, this long street. We're in Rome, and there's thousands of us on either side of the street. It's like a Macy's Day parade. There's a ton of people. We're celebrating. We're hooping. We're hollering. And then all of a sudden, you see the commander, our leader, the general, leading his army leading the Roman army down the street in the middle of this parade. They've just defeated the enemy. They've won. He's victorious, and he's leading this procession. And it's not just our guys that are victorious walking along. No, they also have captives in chains, shackled, and they're being led to their death. They're about to be executed. Meanwhile, There's this incense that's being offered up to the gods. And the gods are supposedly smelling it and it's pleasing to them. You can open up your eyes. So Paul took this common image of this Roman triumph and he says, even though it looks like I'm defeated, even though my schedule got messed up, even though I can't preach the gospel through this open door, I am triumphant because I'm in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the victor. Jesus is the king who's won the battle. See, Jesus, the same way as Paul, it looked like Jesus was done. It looked like Jesus was defeated as he hung on a cross, suspended between heaven and earth, beaten, mocked, crucified. It looked like Jesus lost. And yet in that very moment, On the cross, Jesus triumphed over the powers, the principalities, Satan, death, the grave. Jesus was victorious. And Paul said that Jesus was leading him in his triumphant procession. And he was spreading the aroma of Christ through Paul. Paul was like that incense that was rising up. The way that Paul loved, the way that Paul served, the way that Paul shared the gospel with people. But not everybody thought Paul smelled good. See, to those who were being saved, they could smell the life of Paul as he traveled from Troas, Macedonia, wherever he went. And they were like, man, this guy, he smells good. This is life-giving. They were drawn to him. But then there were other people who said, this smells terrible. It smells like death. I don't want anything to do with this. So church, here's the one thing that I want you to hear this morning from the Word of God. It's the one truth that we've got to be convicted of, and it's this. You 
are the fragrance of Christ. You and I, we, we are the fragrance of Christ. You got to get this. Why? Because there's going to come moments in your life where you feel discouraged. There's going to be moments where you get punched in the mouth when you get that health diagnosis, when you have the relational tension, when you don't have the financial means that you need. Something's going to happen. And in that moment, it's going to feel and it might look to everybody like you've been defeated. And yet in that moment, you can thank God and praise God and worship God because Jesus Christ himself is leading you in his triumphal procession. You're victorious because you're in Christ. The victory has already been won. And so when you love people and you give of your life to serve people, when you share the gospel with people, you give off the aroma, the fragrance of Christ. You. But you don't smell good to everybody. (laughs) See, because to some people, you smell like pineapple and coconut. But to other people, you smell like mystery meat. Some people you'll attract by the kind of life you live, honoring God, but other people you'll repulse. So we've got to understand this is who we are. We're the fragrance of Christ. But now what? So what? What do we do now? How do we respond? In light of this truth, what do we do? Let's go back to the the passage one more time, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Who is adequate for these things? I love that Paul asked that. (laughs) He raises the question that we all wrestle with. Am I even adequate to represent Jesus like this? For we do not market the word of God for profit like so many. On the contrary, we speak with sincerity in Christ as from God and before God. Who's adequate for these things? In the flesh, not you and me. You are supposed to represent God to the world? God's going to reveal himself to others through you? I don't know about you, I don't feel adequate to represent God. But we're the means that he's chosen. Now how do we do it? Here's what we've got to do. You and I, we have to spread the fragrance of Christ. Spread the fragrance of Christ in the same way that Paul did. We don't market the word of God for profit. Like in the day of Paul, there was all these people who they, they didn't believe the message of Jesus. They didn't want people to actually be changed. They didn't care about these people. They didn't really want to honor God. They just talked about God stuff to get money. And in the true today, the same thing happens. The same thing happens. People will tell you, um, that was, was that a balloon pop? What's going on back there, guys? I thought we had the security team take somebody out. Um, People say the same thing today. So they'll say, oh, yeah, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, hey, here's the number. Dial in. Send your money so I can get a new jet. Hey, send in your money because you got a blessing coming your way. Send in your money for health, wealth, and happiness. People still do this today. Some of the most famous televangelists, some of those famous people on social media. But Paul said, we don't market the word of God for profit. (laughs) He wasn't motivated to talk about Jesus out of selfish reasons. And if we're going to spread the fragrance of Christ like Paul, we've got to do the same thing. How do we do it? What does it look like practically? Three things, Paul said, with sincerity, as from God and before God. When you speak to Jesus, 
When you speak to people about Jesus, be sincere, be real, just be real, just be authentic. I think sometimes, you know, we get so into our head about what's the perfect thing to say, and if they say this question, how do I respond, and what's the, what's the test, way to share my testimony, what's the way to share the gospel, what's, and we think of these methods, and methods are helpful. You gotta, you gotta have, everybody's got a method, whether they acknowledge it or not, but at some point, you just gotta say, God has changed my life. I know God. I have a relationship with God. It's real. And I want you to know God. I want you to experience this life change. I want you to have a new heart and have hope for the future. And you just pour your heart out to people and you, you're real. People can hear it in your tone of voice. People can see it in your face. People can tell by your actions that you genuinely care about them. You want them to know God. You got to be sincere when you speak to people. You don't have to manipulate people. You don't have to be a salesman and, and flip somebody with just the right little slick thing. No, just be real. But that's not all. You got you to be sincere, but you, you got to speak as from God. I don't know about you guys. I have tried talking with a lot of people, and I get nervous. I don't know if you guys get nervous. Y'all probably don't, but, you know, I get nervous. And in those moments what I got to bring myself back to is this. Jesus Christ himself, the risen king of the universe, he commissioned me. He sent me. He told me to go and talk to these people. You got to have confidence. You don't have to earn the right to talk to people about Jesus. Jesus paid it all. He gave you the right when he died on the cross. He did the work. And now he's saying, be my ambassador. Go represent me to the world. In fact, let me make my appeal through you to them. Come back to me. That's what's happening. You've been sent by God. You've got to feel confident in that. If you just think it's you or like church leaders are trying to twist your arm, or it's like, yeah, we're just trying to get more people to come to church, you won't have these conversations. You have to believe God himself has sent me with this message. So you've got to be sincere you got to speak as from God, and you got to speak as before God. I get nervous when I talk to people. The awkwardness, I see it on their faces, the nerves, it's all in there, right? I should be a little concerned, and I should have some fear. But it shouldn't be about what they think, and it shouldn't be about what they say, and it shouldn't be about if I get any fruit or not. I should fear God. I am speaking as before the God of the universe. I am going to have to give an account to God himself one day. What did I say about Jesus? And you will too. You need to have fear. When you have these conversations, when you share the gospel, when you share your testimony, you should feel a little bit of reverential awe. Not from the people you're talking to. <laughs> Who cares? You should fear that when you stand before God one day, he's going to ask you, did you do what I told you to do? Did you share the good news? Did you help people come into a relationship with me? And if you say, no, I didn't do it. I was too scared. I'm not saying, it's not like you're going to hell. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, what's God going to say? How are you going to feel in that moment to be like, I didn't do what you told me to do? I didn't tell people about Jesus. You're going to give an account. 
So when you speak to people, when you share the gospel, when you pray with people, whatever it is, be sincere, speak as from God, and speak as before God. We, as a life group, did this this past Thursday night. So our life group, we'll kind of, we do all the things in Acts 2. So some weeks we'll, you know, we'll study the Bible. We're devoted to the Word. Some weeks we'll just have a fellowship time. We're devoted to fellowship. Some weeks we're devoted to prayer. We do all the different things uh, in Acts 2.42. One of the things we just tried this past week was, are we going to do anything to engage people who aren't Christians? What are we actually going to do together to spread the fragrance of Christ? So we don't know what to do. We're scared, but we figured let's just do it. Let's just take a step of faith. So we met up at the house we meet at. We prayed together, and we said, God, Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Show us where to go. Reveal open people, spiritually hungry people that we can talk to. So we said, hey, do y'all sense anything? Do you feel anything? Like, do you have any place on your mind? And people were like, let's go to Target. And so I was like, a little bit too expensive for me to try Walmart, but uh, <laughs> no. But so we went to Target. We got there. We split up in two teams. And we, I just said, hey, however you want to do this, just go for it. And then we'll come back together and debrief. So, of course, since I'm the pastor with my team, I'm going to have to be the person that initiates these conversations, right? Of course. Dang it. And so I'm with my group, and we're walking through Target, and I see people, you know, by the baby aisle, try to talk to them, and reject it. I see people in the food aisle, reject it. I see people by the cash register, reject it. I'm talking about like 0 for 5, like bad baseball statistics, like not good. And... So then I'm like, okay, I got to change my tactic here. I got to switch things up. What can I do? So I go outside and I'm thinking, okay, hey, people are walking in, people are walking out. Let's just talk to people as they're walking out here. And I'm really wanting this to go well, not even just for me, but I'm wanting it to go well for our group. I'm wanting them to come away with confidence that they can do this kind of stuff. And so far, I'm stinking it up. And so then two people come. It's a mom and daughter. And this, was, this is what I was doing. I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm not prescribing this. But what I did is I just kind of want to get straight to the point to see if they're interested or not. So I just walked up to him and said, hey, we're doing a prayer walk. We would love to pray for you. Is there anything family, health-related, finances? We would love to pray for you right now. And they kind of kept walking for about two steps. And then the mom kind of looked up, and she's like, you know, we really could use prayer. We started talking to Gina and Madison. And the mom, Gina, she told us, she said, my brother just died. I have a health crisis going on myself, and we don't have the finances we need. There's tears in her eyes. And we as a group surrounded them, laid hands on this mother and daughter, and prayed for them. And, and here's where we just kept nudging a little bit more. I said, hey, look, this was awesome. It was great meeting you, but we want you to have support. We want you, wherever it is, we want you to have Christians that can encourage you and build you up in your faith. Are you a part of a church? And they're like, you know, well, we used to go to church, but like COVID and like, you know, we, we've been meaning to go, but we just haven't been. I'm like, hey, it's totally fine. Can we get your number? My wife would love to get your number. So we got her number. We're going to follow up with her. We're going to see how it goes. We kept going. We go to the next people. They're, now I'm telling my wife, I'm like, all right, Meg, you saw me do it. Now it's your turn. And she's like, thanks, babe. So 
the first time she tries it, it was super awkward. She like did this thing where she like, she kind of looked at the person and then like, like looked away as if like I didn't see her like trying to initiate. And so I'm like roasting her for it. I'm like, okay, I saw that. But then the next one, my wife showed me that she's a superior evangelist. She walks up to this mom and her two kids and she says, hey, we're doing a prayer walk. We'd love to pray for you. That's like all she said. And this mom started crying and she's like, oh, you're going to make me cry. And I'm like, what's happening right now? This is awesome. So we start talking to him and she says, yeah, my mom just died. And pouring her heart out. We're talking. We pray over them. Same thing. We'd love to get you connected. This is just genuine. We're just being sincere. We want this for people. So finally, there's this group of like five really big muscular dudes, probably in their like late 20s. And I'm at the point of my life where when I say I played football in college, people say, you were a kicker. <laughs> and so I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to talk to these guys, but I don't want to do it. These guys could beat me up. So we're outside the store, and I walk up to him, and there's the leader. He's in front, big dude. And I said, hey, man, we're doing a prayer walk. We would love to pray for you guys. You got anything we can pray about? And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. Kept walking. But I'm like, okay, this, I, I, I get that he doesn't want to be prayed for, but I'm not going to let this guy get out of this. So I go to the next guy. Hey, man, seriously, we would love to pray for you. And he kind of paused for a second. And he said, my dad has prostate cancer. But what was interesting is he said that. I said, we'll pray for you right now. The leader said, what do you mean by prayer? And I think that was the first time anybody had ever asked me that question. And so I just told him, I was like, dude, we know God and we'll talk to God on your behalf. We want to talk to God about you, for you. And he said, y'all out here trying to spread positivity? <laughs> and I said, no, we're trying to spread Jesus. He changed us, and we want to share him with others. And we prayed for that guy. Did anybody get saved? Not that I could tell, no. Is anybody going to start to go to a church? I don't know. Is anyone going to start to make disciples in their own life and spread the fragrance of Christ themselves? I don't know. But what I know is we took a step of faith together. We said, let's be sincere. Let's go out there and just share what's on our hearts. Let's speak with authority. We've been sent by Jesus. And let's not fear these guys. Let's, let's fear God. Let's, let's care more about what he thinks about what we're saying. And it was really faith building. We processed in the car and people were like, oh my gosh, this was awesome. And to see God do that, it was powerful. So I want to give you a minute to process. You don't have to go prayer walk Target. You don't have to ask that question that I did. But what are you going to do to spread the fragrance of Christ? There's a lot of things you could do. Who is coming to your mind? Who could you share Jesus with? Who could you tell what God's doing in your life? So I want to give you a couple minutes to process. And I'm going to ask, we're going to ask three questions. Now, I want to preface why I'm doing this. Because I... I get it in church. We don't like to do stuff. We just want to listen. I know. I've been in church my whole life. I believe that God is speaking to each of you. There's one truth revealed from Scripture. Like what the Scripture meant then is what it means now. It doesn't mean anything new. But how it applies could be as vast as the number of people in this room. 
God is speaking to you. That's my belief. And I don't know about you, but I don't always do a good job of hearing him and capturing what he's saying and remembering it and acting on it. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I want to invite you to pull out a journal, pull out your phone, pull out a piece of paper and a pen right now. Pull something out to write down on, please. I want you to think about these questions. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, God, what what are you saying to me this morning? That's the first question. What did you hear God say? Just write write down your answer. It's going to clarify your thinking. The second question is, how are you going to follow? If Jesus is speaking to you and saying, hey, spread the fragrance of, of me, how are you going to follow him in that? Does your... does is, is a person coming to your mind? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody in your neighborhood or on your sports team. Who's coming to mind? Who could you have a conversation with? Who could you just ask, man, hey, how can I pray for you? Maybe you could text them. Maybe you could send something on social media. Whatever it is, how are you going to follow what you've learned? And then finally, who could you share this with? Maybe there's other Christians in your life group. Maybe you've got a family member who's a Christian. Maybe... Maybe it's your spouse or friend. But God's speaking this to you, that you are the fragrance of Christ. Who could you pass that on to? Who could you inspire? Who could you encourage? Who could you challenge and say, hey, God wants to reveal himself to others through you. Not just through the preacher on Sunday, bring people to church, although that's great. But God in your life wants to use you. So go ahead. What'd you hear? How will you follow who could you share with?
who's adequate for this? It's a great question. Truth is, I'm not adequate for it. You're not adequate for it. In ourselves, on our own, just me as a human being in my flesh, I cannot represent God to other people. Because on my own, I'm not like God. But the truth, the powerful reality of the gospel is that Jesus died to make you and me an aroma of life. Jesus offered himself as a fragrant offering to God at the cross. Love, sacrificial love, giving his life up for the, the world to take away our sins. That's what Jesus did. If you're a Christian today, when you have these conversations with people, when you share about what God's doing in your life, it's going to feel weird. You're going to get rejected at times. And when you start to waver, fix your eyes on the cross and remember one of the reasons why Jesus died there so that you could be an aroma of life. He made that possible. He cared about that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If you're not a Christian today, maybe a friend brought you to church, maybe this is your first time here. You, yes, you, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter your past, you too can become the fragrance of Christ. God is waiting with open arms this morning. If you'll turn, if you'll stop going in the direction that you're living, if you'll surrender and say, God, will you be king of my life? Will you take control? Will you help me to live your way? And you start to follow Jesus. I'm not saying, hey, get yourself better and then follow Jesus. Don't do that because you won't ever get yourself better enough. I'm saying with a broken, humble heart this morning, will you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead? And will you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life, that you'll submit your life to him? And if, if you want to do that, if you want to have forgiveness of sins, if you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, a new heart to transform you, if you want to have the hope of eternal life, we'll baptize you today. We got water <laughs> that we can get ready just like that. And we'll lower you down into that water to depict how the old you has, is dead. You've died because through faith, you're united with Jesus at the cross. You can die with Jesus at the cross and you can be raised to walk in a new life. You don't have to live how you've been living. You don't have to think the thoughts you've thought. You can be the, the fragrance of Christ. So if that's you today, I'm going to be in the back. I'll be at the prayer banner. Just even during the next song, don't even wait. Just stand up. When people start singing, walk back to the prayer banner. I want to help you take that step. We want to help you be a part of the family. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that even when it looks like we're defeated, that we are victorious in Christ, that Jesus is leading us in a triumphal procession. Thank you, Lord. God, help us, ordinary people. We're not superstars. We're not, we're not Jesus. We're not the apostle Paul. We're not these spiritual giants. We're just normal 
ordinary Christians. Lord, would you give us the faith to step out and to spread the fragrance of Christ? When we go home, our neighborhood, help us to permeate our neighborhood. Help us to be a diffuser in our workplace, in our school, with our family and friends, the gym, wherever we go, our favorite restaurants. Lord, would you help us to spread the fragrance? And Lord, help us to not be discouraged when some people are attracted and some people are repelled. Help us to speak with sincerity as from you and before you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.